This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. If we played it again at home, we'd win the league, not a problem. We can't do that, but yeah, we like, we like playing at home when we run out, you know, in front of our supporters. It lifts us, it boosts us, gets us on the front foot, and I think that was down to a lot of the results last year. More of a responsibility on us to make sure we entertain them for spending the hard-earned money on season tickets. You know, I think the owners have always been very conscious of that side of it and hopefully have priced them uh, sensibly, which is another reason to make them affordable, because certainly football at the top level these days isn't affordable to a lot of people. At the last count, 4,450 season tickets Tickets had been sold, and this Saturday, Nigel Clough's men take to the One Call Stadium stage, perhaps feeling the pressure to entertain. The Stags need to step things up a level after a false start at Salford saw the host run out 2 0 winners and dampen the early spirits. Tonight, we'll look back on that defeat and try and figure out what went wrong. We'll also turn our attention to those home comforts with Tranmere Rovers, the visitors on Saturday. Have we got the personnel to play Clough's 3 5 2? Should we be worried about the strength in depth? Will the seats be bird doo-doo free? And will we finally get unburnt sausage rolls as we return home? Speaking of returning faces, Ollie Hawkins is back from suspension. We'll talk attitude and application as the towering former frontman gets praise from me. Just got to work on things better than to not get yellow carded as much. And it's an experience really playing at the back. I feel like it's a, it's a position you need to play over the years and to really study it and master it. Obviously, I've been master tackling, so this season I've just got to really make sure my tackles are less yellow cardable. And as ever, we'll have your comments, questions, and opinions in the live feed. Why? Because Mansfield matters. Here we are, just about. Good evening and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. It's been a catalogue of errors in the Mansfield Matters HQ today. First day in the new job for me, meaning that I wasn't quite sure what time I'd get home. M1 traffic, looked like I wasn't going to get home till about 8pm. Managed to get through it and here we are. And then it's... Uh, it's uh, technical problem after technical problem, but there you go. That's what happens when Alan Wilson goes away on holiday and when Nathan can't make it and when Cam just becomes Cam. So tonight, it's uh, one of those things, isn't it, where, you know, it, it could be very, very difficult indeed. 
So as always, we need you guys to get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. Now, I'm rambling for a little bit because Clive has just logged off to log back on. But last season, we had the super sub in Alan Wilson. And this season, I'm going to call him the super, super, super sub. We're going transatlantic and we're going to say hello and good evening to the Norwegian stag. How are you, my friend? Hello. Hello, Greg. I'm, I'm fine. I'm a bit bit nervous, a bit shaky, but I'll be all right. You'll be <laughs> absolutely in. fine. So uh, for those who don't know, uh, just tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, who you are, what you do, and what your relationship with Mansfield Matters is. Well, um, I'm, uh, as the name suggests, a Norwegian stag supporter. And uh, uh, yeah, what can I say? 29 years old, working as a journalist, and absolutely love football and First and foremost, of course, the stags. Uh, been yeah, as, as they say, it's been, it's it's a hard way, it's an easy way, it's the bloody Mansfield Town way, and <laughs> the roller coaster. I just I just love getting involved with it and watching the games, and uh, yeah. So tell us how your love affair with Mansfield Town really started, <laughs> because there are so many teams that you you could pick from being an overseas uh, fan. So why on earth did you choose Mansfield Town? Well. Uh, I've said in the blog that on your forum, uh, me and my mate were just looking at the League 2 table back in, must have been 2007. It would be fun to just pick a team and stick by them and like watch them uh, throughout whatever happened. And without really having anything other than my instinct, my finger just stopped the mantle. I, I don't really know. No, why, why, what, what, that reason, but here I am 15 years later, still following him on with all the social medias and follow and so, such. Fantastic. Well, 15 years as a, as a Stags fan from overseas is one hell of an achievement. Uh, we'll try and get you involved as much as we can tonight. Those watching on the live stream, please just bear in mind that uh, he is the Norwegian Stag for a reason. He is in Norway. So uh, you've got to bear that in mind when it comes to the old connectivity issues and things like that. But we'll try and get him involved uh, as much as we can. And if you want to find out a little bit more about our Norwegian Stag guest, he also has a regular blog this season on our website, mtfcmatters.co.uk. So uh, go and check that out. Uh, let's go back to UK soil. He's managed to log on his iPad. Good evening, Clive. No, can't hear you. He's, uh, there you go. He's on me. <laughs> we have to sort his microphone issue. I can't, I can't hear him. Couldn't hear a word he was saying. Uh, as always, get involved in the, uh, the chat and have your say on your team. I think this is going to be a very, very long night indeed. Let's read uh, some, of these, uh, some of these comments. Uh, Rogers kicks us off tonight saying, evening, I'd like to see Hewitt back in at right back personally. Um, uh, Stian Richard in the comments says, uh, praised your haircut. He says, nice haircut. Compliments to the barber. Proper Norway haircut. Um, we also have uh, Jamie who says, Hawkins will be uh, back up front. Uh, Hawkins will never be back up front. Hopefully we can get a new striker coming through the door soon. And Mark says, uh, evening as well. Yeah, please keep your comments uh, coming in and have your say on your team. Well, let's start by talking uh, about Salford, Stian. And, uh, of course, a defeat on the opening day of the season. 
after the pre-season we'd had, were you a little bit disappointed by the results on Saturday afternoon? Yeah, I mean, I had my hopes as everyone else. And I mean, the change of formation has been a subject, but it's been looking good during pre-season. So I thought, yeah, I was excited. I was hoping for a bit odd some of the some of the choices that Cluffy made with I mean he was talking about players might get involved in that central back line such as uh, Ollie Clark and Jordan Bowery but when I saw Maka being dragged in there I had some doubts and then of course everything went sour pretty quickly yeah it did I, I, I think that's a very very frustrating thing to be honest because you know you look at the way we were in terms of uh, structure at the back. Like you said, it, it felt very, very square pegs in round holes. And I, I can't quite get my head around why Nigel Clough started with a, a back three when he even admitted himself post-match, he didn't have the personnel to do it. Yeah, both Archie and Hawkins missing. And yeah, I, I was at least expecting Barry to be the third option in central defence. Uh, even though he hasn't had that much experience in it as well. But, yeah, looking back on it, it might have been better just using the regular formation. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see if we can get Clive involved. Third time lucky evening, Clive. I can hear you. <laughs> You're not on purpose. Oh, dear. How are you? Are you okay? Yes, I'm, I'm perplexed by the uh, internet. <laughs> I've no idea why I've gone from being superhero to zero. <laughs> it's happening all over the place. I think it's uh, happening at my place as well. And we, you know, today it's, it's not a great day for the tech. I, I think it's since I stopped shaving. That's it. I mean, you know, looking at looking at Stian's beard and you know his his general haircut there. I mean, is that something that Clive's now going to aim for? I think I've got a long way to go. He's already. You've already had plenty of compliments for it though in the comments, Dean, tonight. Well, that's lovely to hear. <laughs> Having a Norwegian look at, I got that. <laughs> Absolutely, but I'm going to keep mine short and no beard though. I don't. I don't suit a beard, especially a ginger one. Um, Clive, me and Stian there, whilst you were sorting your uh, iPad issues out, we're talking about being surprised by the back three on Saturday afternoon. Sort of saying about. Why did we play it if we didn't have the personnel available? I think we sort of had the same conversation on the coach, didn't we? It works if you've got the right personnel for it. And it was abundantly clear on Saturday that Nigel Clough did not have such personnel available to him. Yeah, I mean, most of us fancy the idea of having a back three, especially if they've got both wing backs in play. But um, we certainly weren't equipped to do it properly. And I thought it was a gamble that probably should have been avoided. It's almost as if... Uh, Nigel Clough was so hell-bent on, on going with a three rather than taking a more pragmatic view and saying, well, what have we got to work with? And we, it was the old question of square pegs in round holes again, I think. And uh, as a consequence, it didn't work as well as it should have done. And we didn't make, didn't make lots of mistakes, but we didn't make much at all. I mean, we, we, we conceded two goals because of a couple of obvious errors at the back and they got two players that were alert enough to take advantage of that, and they did. Um, but beyond that, we just didn't seem like a working team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the frustration. I think that was the real, real kick in the teeth that we had 
a real lack of uh, attacking prowess, a real lack of energy up front, Stian. And I think that's something which we really need to look look to put right on Saturday because there's going to be huge pressure on us, isn't there, being back at home with you know, a huge, huge crowd with all those season tickets that we've sold. Yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, first home game, let's get it back in main. Uh, personally, I would really love to see Kellen Gordon back in the team. I was surprised he didn't start. And people say lots of things about Lucas and he didn't have a very good game, but rather have Gordon and him further up the pitch and use his strength more efficiently. Let's go to some more comments uh, from you guys tonight. Keep them coming in and have your say on your team in what will be a shorter uh, Mansfield Matters podcast uh, tonight. Honestly, should not have done uh, a podcast on the first day in a new job. All over the place today, all over the place. Um, Roger says, very poor defending at Salford, uh, but pluses with chances uh, uh, created. So not all bad and it's only one game. Stay positive for Saturday. Uh, because it will be a different story, I'm sure. Richard says, I think we all know the team for Saturday. Only position up for debate is right wing back. Uh, the atmosphere on Saturday, says Roger, will be off the scale. Uh, and Richard's also gone as far as to pick his team for Saturday, saying Pim, O'Toole, Harbottle, Hawkins, Gordon or Hewitt, Quinn, Maris, Boateng, uh, McLaughlin, Bowery and Oates. Yeah, it's certainly something which uh, uh, we'll look at. And... Uh, I think what concerns me a little bit, Clive, is, is the fact that uh, Nigel Clough has sort of said, reiterated the point again, that we're not going to be ready for at least another month. And uh, that's, that's a concern for me because you look at what happened last year with sort of the slow start and everything, it sort of costs us. I don't want this one to come back and bite us. We need, for me this season, we needed to have a very solid start. And I'm hoping that we can go unbeaten in August to sort of, you know, balance out the, the the Salford game a little bit. I guess it depends what Nigel Clough means by ready. Does he mean perfect? Because then I accept we're going to take a while to get there. If he means ready enough to beat teams in our league, then that should start on Saturday. Certainly, we cannot afford the morale sap of losing two consecutive games. Um, and you, we went most of last season pretty much invincible at, at the one call stadium. We really need to hit the ground running this year, I believe. But uh, it's only one game in, and even if we did lose on Saturday, we're only two out of 46, a long way to go. And as we saw last year, a run of form completely turns the table on its head. So it's too early to worry about it. It's too early to panic. And it's certainly too early to start pulling players apart. Staying with you. on social media have started to do. Staying with social media at the moment, um, I think one question many supporters had Stian on, on Saturday on the way home was did Nigel Clough get it wrong in terms of team selection, formation? He all right, he didn't have much personnel available to him, but did he perhaps get it wrong? You know, after the game and with how it panned out, I mean you were Football is very much also a mental game, and it's the first game of the season. And five, five minutes in, seven nil up. It's and that's hard to recover from. Like first first minutes into the game or in the season. Uh, but as I said, I'd I'd like to 
with the players he had level, I'd like to see him play uh, the formation that got us uh, easily the most points gathered since October in the league. And also Mecca playing back on the uh, on the left back out with Quinn, that Mecca Quinn link up that that got cut because of the team selection. So yeah, I mean and I think when he means it's gonna take a while for the team to get ready, it's also some new things and a new system to get in place. So of course things take a while, but still the team gets players to to take three points against Tranmer, no doubt. Yeah, I think we do. I think we just need that little bit of uh, energy. What about you, Clive? Did Nigel Clough get it wrong a little bit for you? I think, for me, it it's a difficult one because of the personnel he had available. But I felt a little tweak. All right, he wants to play this th- this back three, and you know I've been a big advocate of it during the preseason about us playing three. But like I've emphasised a number of times, only when you've got the personnel available. I felt for. Salford, knowing what he knew, you know, with Ollie Hawkins suspended, <clears throat> Perch out injured, Elliot Hewitt not yet fit, he didn't start Callum Gordon. I felt he should have gone with a back four rather than a three. And I think he's got to take some responsibility for that at Salford. I think with the benefit of hindsight, you're right. Um, and I'm sure that if he had the chance to pick his team again and the format again, he may well do things differently. I'm not qualified to say whether he's got it, got it wrong or not. All I know is it didn't work. And But apart from the format and the team shape, with the exception of the keeper, not one of our play, outfield players had a commendable game. That all looked off the pace. Um, some of that's down to poor interplay and poor service. I accept that. But what it needed was someone to take, it, take the team and shake it on the field. There was no leader. There was nobody you know, charging around and slapping players to get them going because they seem lethargic. Yeah, I, I agree. In terms of having a leader, having someone there to take control and, and really get the team going. And I, I felt we, we definitely lacked that a little bit. It almost, almost felt, Clive, like we used it as another pre-season friendly, almost like we, we'd not clicked into game mode yet. Well, I think there's some truth in that because whilst it's, it's three points lost, if you treat it as a friendly, um, we did start this season earlier than we would normally do. We finished last season later than we would normally do. It's put us in a difficult position. I don't think the quality of our position in our pre-season friendlies helped a great deal either. I don't think we tested ourselves rigorously enough. And that's not the club's fault. That's probably more to do with the, with the exception of the lower ranking clubs. It's down to the teams that come to see it, come to play against us. But we we started off this season with less energy than I expected us to have, and uh, we we can't afford that because it's no good saying well we haven't got a big big enough squad. We've had enough players there. It's a question of which ones have been retained and which ones have retained fitness. More importantly, it does worry me that players at this level do seem to get unfit very quickly get injured very quickly and take a long time to recover. Yeah, I definitely know about um, what side played against Sheffield Wednesdays under 23s uh, today. That would have been uh, a real interesting one to to find out who did get minutes in that one and actually how far away we are from uh, from people. We're going to talk transfers uh, in a little while and got a bit of injury news as well, uh, which Nigel Clough mentioned after the game. I'm just going to go back to some... uh, 
some more comments. Um, Roy says, Clough talks in riddles. Last week, he and the players were ready for it. Now we're six games away. Needs to make his mind up. Uh, Adam says, and this is a great point, uh, Stian, this. It's great having an attacking defence, so long as they are a defence. He's hit the nail on the head, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Because that's the thing with with the free that I, I would like really be excited that Gordon and Maka to defensive role. But as you see in this as well, we were cut apart in the goals that Salford scored. And yeah, I mean, and first game at this as well for players like Harbottle so we have to like we have to be with the players as well and also things will shape up with Hawkins getting back in there Perchy as well at some point I think uh, Steve makes a good point there Clive in terms of uh, Harbottle and, and Swan and, and Clough mentioned it him, himself pretty much for both of them um, more Harbottle than Swan it was their football league debut yeah, we're asking a lot of the lad to, to um, take a huge amount of responsibility in that back line. And I thought he played reasonably well, certainly in the first half. He lost it in the second half, to be fair. But we, these players are going to grow into it and we, we, we have to have enough patience. And that's easier said than done when the rest of the team isn't pulling its, its weight. And they didn't pull their weight against um, Salford. But let's be clear, Salford are not a bad side. They're going to do all right this year. And I think uh, they have a couple of bright, quick strikers, which I'd die for in our team at the moment because we just haven't got that. I thought oh, you know, had a poor game as well on uh, on Saturday, but it could be simply that he wasn't in a team that was favouring him as a player. Um, and I found him playing in, in a far too deep at times, presumably in order to try and get the ball. But... Uh, we, we will get better than that, and that's the positive to take from it. Yeah, absolutely spot on. I think uh, with the research comments, certainly had to come a, a lot deeper than what he would have expected to do on Saturday, mainly because we were just struggling to, to get hold of the ball. And, you know, the Lucas Aikens haters uh, group certainly uh, had more fuel for their uh, for their campaign on, on Saturday. Didn't have the greatest of games. Let's go back to some more comments. Owen says, evening chaps, hopefully a bounce back from Salford uh, this weekend. Hope all is well. Absolutely. Uh, for me, Salford felt like an experiment. He continues from Clough. Bowery isn't a wing back uh, with Hewitt and Gordon on the bench. I wasn't keen with his selection choices. However, hindsight is a wonderful thing and I can understand the lack of player uh, availability. Uh, Martin asks, who's this Wimbledon midfielder we're linked with? Surely we need an experienced defender. I've got no idea. That's the first I've heard of being linked with anyone uh, from uh, from AFC Wimbledon. So uh, not sure on that one. Um, let's find some more comments. Uh, Roger says, Thomas Asante was the player who exploited the Stags' defences like he did in the previous fixture. I'm a bit surprised they didn't have a plan for him. Well, Clive, I've got a plan for him. It involves John Radford's checkbook and some negotiating. I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> you never know, though. You never know. Uh, I don't know. I just like him. I think he's a good physical player. I think he's the, 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 the type of player that we... Could need. I'm actually really surprised that Salford still have him. I would have thought they would have cashed in on him uh, by now. If they haven't, uh, if they don't this window, I think they probably might uh, 
next window, uh, absolutely. Uh, let's talk uh, about player availability then and, and transfers, uh, Steve. And a few people talking uh, there about uh, being linked with a midfielder from AFC Wimbledon. Like I say, it's the first I've heard of, uh, of any of that. A lot of talk naturally of the weekend was about Danny Johnson. Scored a hat-trick on his debut uh, for Warsaw. Firstly, what do you make of the whole Johnson saga? I mean, Clough has been pretty clear on it a number of times that, although, I mean, he, he's proven it in Orient as well. He's a prolific striker at this level, but he just loves his fans. And, and uh, yeah, he showed again, again, with also now with a hat-trick that he can he can bang in goals at this level. But, yeah, I mean, Clough, Clough, has, Clough is at the field, at the training ground every day, and he he's the one making our fitting to that 11 and if if Danny isn't part of that plan then then that's it and at least he's just on the low man I think he's one year left to the continent if he does continue playing like this at least his value might go up and uh, have a good point of selling him for a January and getting a good replacement yeah if, doesn't change his mind about him actually in the, in the personally I don't see him changing his mind uh, one little bit Clive I think the writing's very much on the wall with, with Danny Johnson he would have gone on a on a permanent deal uh, but uh, for whatever reason it, it didn't quite go through which I think is perhaps with a view on um, us keeping an eye on him and and if we don't get the players which we want, bringing him back to add to the numbers in the squad in January. But I think it's very, very much um, um, a, a dead deal. And that's why I sort of said on social media, I've taken a little bit of flat for it. I don't mind it because I think a lot of people, probably 90% of people are, are very frustrated that Johnson's gone because he's a proven goal scorer at Leighton Orient and obviously he scored a hat-trick, which didn't help when we played so poorly up front against Salford. But, We've got to let it go. We can't change it. It was a dead deal. And, you know, if he had have played for us on uh, Saturday, I don't think he'd have made much of an impact because it's clear that he wasn't settled at Mansfield and isn't settled at Mansfield. And for whatever reason, that was stopping his game. He doesn't fit into how we play and he wasn't doing the business for us. As frustrating as it is to see him banging goals in for another club in our division, we've got to let it go, haven't we? Yeah, I mean, the lad didn't get much of a chance, to be fair to him. But from what I understand, his attitude became quite sour. And uh, the club is never going to say that. But that is what appears to be coming out of the uh, the uh, the club, in that he wasn't a good team member. Uh, he, he was late for training. He didn't mix with the other players. Blah, blah, blah. How much of that is true, or don't, I don't know. But the reality is, I think Steer's got it spot, spot on. If he can score a few goals for Warsaw, then his value increases and he's still our player. I don't see him ever coming back to play for us. But if uh, if he has a good half season, then we have an asset worth more than what it was at the start of the season. Yeah, it's certainly one of those where his value will shoot up if he does score goals. And it means that we can play devil's advocate a little bit, maybe put the fee up a, a bit more and uh, and try and entice you know, Warsaw to, to put a bid in for him. It's a dangerous game to play, Stian, but I think like, who've, uh, like like a few people are saying in the comments, 
you know, he's, he's no longer our player and we have to move on and we just wish him all the, the best luck. It's one of those moments and instances, isn't it, where you've just got to sort of bite your tongue and, and, and watch it unfold. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we have to look elsewhere to get another striker in. I mean, yeah, that's it. He sailed. Uh, and, and it's just going to benefit us that he's going to bang in goals for Wolves also. So, and, and hopefully that will, that will, that will get us a deal in January and then and we could borrow a club from. Yeah, keep your comments uh, coming in. Let's read some more. Uh, Roy says, Craig, he never got a chance. No wonder he was fed up. Yeah, he didn't get a chance, but, um, you know, he was trading every day and that's where you earn your name. That's where you get the neon sign growing around you saying, pick me. So there is that as well. Uh, Roger says, for whatever reason, it worked out. It, it never worked out for DJ at the Stags. Adam says, DJ came across as arrogant, not a clough or his dad ethos. Richard says the whole Johnson saga doesn't interest me as he's no longer our player at the moment. Um, very bizarre how DJ performs for other clubs uh, than the Stags. It is what it is, says Roger. Uh, and uh, Richard adds a Warsaw fan said he runs like he's towing a caravan. I think Clough struggled with his lack of work rate. I think that's uh, probably hitting the, the nail on the head. Uh, the other bit of uh, news coming out of Saturday's game, Clive, was Jason Law out for around three months with a bit of an innocuous uh, injury. Very, very disappointed for the lad. Yeah, it just seems to me, yet again, he's on the fringe of getting into the, into the team as a regular and something's getting in the way. It's almost like he's destined never to make it at Mansfield. <clears throat> very frustrating for him. And I think what it also does, uh, Clive, is opens a spot up and, and means that Nigel Clough has perhaps got to look at bringing somebody in because like we saw in pre-season, Law was not only cover in that midfield area or playing behind the, the front two, but he can also operate at, at left wing back and Clough won't want to go for three months with a slot unfilled. So uh, I would expect to see somebody coming through the door, wouldn't you? Well, on that subject, Craig, this uh, um, player, ex-Wimbledon player, uh, free agent, his name's Anthony Hartigan. He's a defensive midfield player, so it could be some. There could be some truth in that that he's he's been lined up in case that's the decision the club takes. Yeah, it would certainly uh, make sense in terms of uh, adding another body to to the ranks. I know um, the the whole Ryan Sturk saga could be an option again, but Birmingham wanted a, a bigger fee. Don't quite think he's the right fit for us, to, to be honest. Uh, Roger says that's awful look for young, for, for young Jason. I think he's a decent League Two player. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wish him a, a speedy recovery. One of the nicest lads you'll meet uh, off the pitch. Uh, we're going to turn our attention now then, Stian, to uh, the first home game of the season. I know we mentioned it a little bit earlier on, but we're going to put a little bit more, uh, um, you know, uh, Milking the uh, the cup of tea, if you like, and uh, talk a little bit more about it. Um, very, very important to have another good season at home. You saw what it did for uh, for us last season. Does that put a little bit of added pressure on Saturday's game? The fact that we were so good and so solid at home last term. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just looked at the home stats, and from that win that was against Tranmere, which got what got us running? I think we have 13 wins, two draws, 
lost and a loss, the one that came against them in the league. So it's big shoes to fill. But I mean, we can only get comfort from the season ticket sale. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a packed stadium, and the players are going to look to get revenge for what happened at Salford. So I think as long as the is there and the the boys play to some other potential I think we're going to be all right Clive what about you I think you know like Stian said there a lot of season ticket sales made club record home atmosphere is going to be absolutely key and you know like we've seen from from a number of oppositions down the years we have to make our home unhospitable for every single uh, opposition player manager, coach, and even the supporters at times as well. We want to make one core stadium a place where they know they're going to come and get a tough tough game and a tough ride, but also they're in for a miserable afternoon. They don't want to come. Yeah, and I mean, that's the aim of every club on their own turf. Um, Mansfield did particularly well in the last two thirds of last season. As Stian said, the act- I mean, coincidentally, the turning point was the home game against Tranmere Rovers. Um, and we didn't look back after that in terms of home form. And it also gave us a start for the improved form altogether as well. I, I think they will come with plenty of fans, so I don't think they'll be intimidated by our crowd in the way that uh, you know a Sutton United or a Harrogate following might be. Um, my only concern about us having more season ticket holders is that what is the, what is the expectation of these new season ticket purchases? Is it realistic? Are they going to demonstrate the patience that, to be fair, our crowd did last year? Through the bad run, we didn't really turn on the club or the players, um, with the odd exception. Um, And I just hope that we're not going to get the nouveau fan becoming impatient and starting to be toxic, because that's the the capability of of our fan base actually being more disruptive for our own team than for the away team, if that happens. Yeah, Nigel yeah. mentioned that in his uh, comments, Stian, as well. And I think what Clive says there, he, he makes a, a very good point. The expectation levels have got to be maybe lowered a little bit because it's a long old season. And the, the last thing we want, like we saw, you know, the year after we failed in the playoffs under Flickcroft, is a toxic atmosphere at, at one course stadium. We want it bouncing like it was last year. Yeah, that's that's the key Saturday. And like Cloughy said, when when the stadium is packed, the last thing or the thing they aim to do when they play Bradford or other team with, with a lot of supporters, go out and and shut I silence the home crowd. And that's massive on the players as well. If if the field mill is packed and it's silent, that's yeah, that's not gonna benefit us the slightest. But uh, going back to that poor run when we had 14 unbeaten games, I think the support showed in that. I mean, I wasn't here watching it from high follow, but something special. Uh, that home draw against Port Wales, that was game number 12 or 13 without a win. And wonderful display and wonderful support altogether. And that, after all, it was will get behind the lads, even if they struggle. I think that says a lot. For you to say that you could feel that over in Norway, that support that was there, I think that uh, 
that that really says a lot. What was it about? Uh, what feeling was it? What sort of made you feel that way? That the support was there. What could you sense? I mean, first of all, the noise coming through, but also like you felt time. I mean, I, I don't, I can't remember how many games it was between that one and the one against Northampton, where you kind of felt like the season's over. But it, it was something else that really, really gave in a good show, and you could hear the supporters reacting to the good play that was shown and. Yeah, it, just for me, that was really, that really kicked off that momentum and the good run. Performance-wise, uh, Clive obviously up against Tranmere on uh, on on Saturday afternoon. What do Mansfield and Nigel Clough need to do to a rectify that Salford result, but b and most in, more importantly, kick on and make sure that we do have this solid home start, which we we know can be critical in the longer run of things? Clean sheet is starting point. We uh, haven't yet proven to be good goal scorers, so we've got to keep it tight at the back. Um, and then we need a bit of luck. Um, during that 14 game where we didn't get a win, apart from a game against Northampton, which I was quite honestly ashamed of them, yeah, the rest yeah. of the time, they didn't. They played well. They didn't have the run, run of the, rub of the green. They had some poor refereeing decisions. They made one or two daft errors. Were punished. We didn't get hammered by anybody, and so I think the fans felt that. To pick on Steers' point, the fans felt that and stayed positive. Um, at, at another another time in another season, they wouldn't have done. But I think they saw what I saw, which is a team very close to being where it needed to be, and it would get there. And Clough was pretty consistent in his view of that. It would get there. It just needed some trigger. And we got that. And we, we, we spun it round. So I think against Tranmere tomorrow, we have to put the last week behind us on Saturday. We put Tranmere, uh, the Salford result behind us, accept that it's a new game. We've got a slightly stronger squad because of the um, because Ollie's back in the side. I would imagine he'll slot into the centre of the back. Um we do need our wing backs to play, and we do need, you know, the pairings that make things tick. There, you know, with McLaughlin and and, and um, Quinn are a, a pair that work better together. The sum of their parts is great. The, the total is greater than the sum of their parts, and I think those little areas of of compatibility were missing on Saturday. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Ollie Hawkins there because I'd nearly forgotten um, to, to mention him in tonight's show. And uh, I think he's worthy of a mention tonight, Stephen, because obviously what happened at Wembley gets himself sent off. He had a few dodgy games sort of uh, last year in terms of silly yellow cards and silly little incidences. Newport away springs to mind when he got involved in that and then subsequently ended up getting John Joe O'Toole sent off, which sort of rocked the boat a little bit and, and things like that. And, you know, for some, he was painted as a bit of a, a pantomime villain, but he's come out in his press this week and been really, really positive. And one thing he has done, seeing is ad admitted that, you know, he knows he needs to improve. He knows he needs to cut the silly yellow cards out of his game. And that honesty for me is what can really, really be built upon in terms of getting that solid back three, back four, however you want to want to play it. That honesty is exactly what we need in a side. 
Yeah. Uh, speak about us hitting the ground after a loss against Sounds for even more so for, for Hawkins getting his minutes after that. Yeah. That situation that occurred at Wembley. Uh, and as you said, it's some of them, some of those chapters are like hard to give yellow cards. Also the first yellow at Wembley, but yeah, that that's that's what he needs to work on. He at times can look a bit clumsy, and he'll always get in a early early challenge, and always an early yellow card. But I think, yeah, as he said himself, it was a tough days after Wembley, and he's worked on him. And that I don't know how many games he's played central before entering Mansfield last season. So I think. She's going to be vital for us this season as the central defender of the three. Yeah, another good point as well there made by uh, Steen Clive in terms of Hawkins playing there. We knew he was capable of playing there because he played a couple of games, I believe, for Ipswich um, in that position and, uh, and and teams like that in, in his previous career, but only sort of filling in one or two games he filled in one or two games last season, then one or two became three or four, and then before you know it, he's now actually classed as a defender on that on the club's main website and in Nigel Clough's assessment um, of the squad. And one thing which really stood out to me, Clive, in his comments, Hawkins' comments, that is, was saying that, you know, he can sit in there and he can um, maybe get through 90 minutes or whatever as cover, but to play there on a regular basis, it's a new skill and new discipline to learn, and that's something he's keen to do. Yeah, I think um, he's now accepted. He's he's in, he's in our squad as a defender, and I think on occasions he won't be, but by and large he'll be a defender, which is, a, if you like, a reversal of what we expected when he first came. Mm. Um, the player's got talent, um, uh, and I personally don't mind him getting um, yellow cards during the season. He's had plenty of uh, disciplinary problems throughout his career. I really don't mind defenders getting yellow cards. They're there to be aggressive and occasionally they're going to overstep the mark. But the stupidity of the man when he got booked for things that he, on the halfway line, when you let it go, you, you take it for the team further back. And certainly the, the discipline down at Rodney Parade was, was awful. So I think the lad's got a, a little bit of a, a, a thought, rationality problem. But he's, as a player, he's great in the air. He's great when the, in the defence when the ball's coming to him. If he's got a weakness, he's as slow as an old bus. So he doesn't make a good striker, in my opinion. And when the ball gets behind him as a defender, he can be a liability. And that's why the strength of the players to each side of him have to be really good. Get that right, and it's a really good defensive partnership. And we can always send him up for free kicks and corners. Yeah, I do agree with that. Like people have said in the comments, uh, Hawkins, great going up for corners, says Adam, but he's not a defender too slow. His pace was the comment from his teammates on social media, teammates' posts. And I would agree with that if we were playing a back four, but Clough has very much said when he's been talking about this back three, 
that Hawkins is the centrepiece of that. And I think that, like Clive said, with two players either side of him that can complement and cover for that pace, he shouldn't get exposed. Exactly like Richard says, I wouldn't be surprised if Hawkins was man of the match on Saturday. In a back three, he shouldn't get exposed with a lack of pace. We've just got to get those players around him right. Well, that's almost all we've got time for. Uh, before we do end the show tonight, obviously, uh, we're going to continue with podcast predictions uh, this season. It's changed ever so slightly. We're now predicting the outcome, the scoreline and the uh, the golden goal. Uh, there are various points up for grabs for it. Full details on our website. The link is in the description. Clive, you're up first this week. I need a outcome, a scoreline and the time of the opening goal, please. The score is a reversal of Saturday, so a 2 0 win. And we'll score, the first goal will emerge in the 24th minute. And Excellent. Do you want the scorers? No, we don't need scorers now. All right, fair enough. But if you want to have a random guess, you can, but you don't You don't earn any points for it. Hawkins and Oaks. There you go. If Hawkins and Oaks do score, you don't earn any points, but uh, we'll call you Mystic Clive. Uh, Stian, you're the guest uh, on, on the show tonight. We're obviously going to get you involved with this as well. So we'd like your prediction. So uh, the outcome, the scoreline and the uh, the time of the first goal, please. I'm going to say a 1-0 win. Um, and I'm going to guess they'll come in the 40th minute. And, and I was, as a spice to it, going to say East goal from Hawkins. There we go. Again, no points forget. No points if you uh, manage to guess that correctly, but uh, all good for the predictions. Uh, I'll go with... Uh... Sorry, Clive, you were saying something. I had you on mute because you echoed through me at the minute. So what were we yeah, saying? I was saying the attendance will be 7,499. Yeah, you don't get any points for that either. Uh, my prediction, I think we're going to steal it 2-1. It'll be a tight game and the opening goal will come in the, I'm going to go second half, 52nd minute for me. If you want to play along with podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description. Uh, make sure that you get your predictions in one hour and one minute before kickoff. And we've got somebody who will be doing all the maths for us this season. So you can't blame me if the points in the league are wrong. Link in the description. Please do get involved. Stan, before we uh, let you go and before we say goodbye for uh, tonight, obviously you're going to be writing a blog for us all throughout this season on our website. Just tell uh, the people a little bit more uh, about you. When was your first Mansfield game? When was the last Mansfield game you, you came to? And who was your all-time favourite Stags player? Well, uh, my first my first trip was in, I guess it was February 2018. Uh, a comfortable 3-1 win against Barnett and Braden Steve Evans. So yeah, times have changed. <laughs> and uh, of course, I also took the trip to Wembley when we got there. I listened to your commentary and and followed your order, booked your tickets. Still, still listen to your commentary at the six field. It gives me goosebumps actually. Um, Thank you. And <laughs> and uh, all-time favorite player, I have to say. I have to say, Stephen Quinn. I absolutely adore that man. It's a ginger thing. It must be a ginger thing. Uh, Stephen, thanks so much for coming on tonight. I uh, really, really appreciate your, your time. Uh, make sure that if you um, 
want to hear more from Stian. He'll be popping up every now and again uh, on the podcast during the, the course of the season and his blog will be on our website every single week. So make sure you go and check out the Norwegian Stag uh, on our website and you can also give him a little follow on Twitter uh, as well. Clive, as always, thanks very much for your company as well. We'll see you again uh, next week and we'll let you know when we're going to be live as well. Make sure you follow us on social media. Two big games coming up this week, of course. Tramier at home in the league, then Derby at home in the Cup. Uh, lots and lots to talk about as the season um, continues. And if you fancy uh, following the footsteps of the Norwegian Stag and being a guest on the uh, Mansfield Matters podcast, all you've got to do is drop us a DM on social media and we'll do our best to uh, to get you involved. And who knows, if uh, Nathan and Cam stop bothering to turn up, you might even become a permanent fixture. Until next time. Well, there you are. Another episode of the Mansfield Matters podcast is signed, sealed and delivered. The conversations have been had. The debates have been debated and the language barrier has just about been passed. Oh, and we've managed to get through an hour and a bit of no technical. No, who am I kidding? I'm sure over the last hour and a bit there's been at least a problem with Nathan's microphone, a dog barking or Clive going pixelated. It wouldn't be the Mansfield Matters podcast if it went cleanly, would it? Uh, as always, thanks for your company tonight. Getting involved in the comments. If you listen to the audio version of this, make sure you come and join us. Follow us on social media and we'll let you know on there when we're next going to be live. Make sure you get involved with the brand new podcast predictions as well. The link that you need is in the description. Get yourself to One Course Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Mansfield Town against Tranmere Rovers, the first home game of the new campaign. Let's start this campaign at home like we did with the last campaign. Winning, getting off to a good start, making it a great atmosphere and making One Course Stadium a really, really difficult place for teams to play and the type of place where supporters don't want to come either. We've been to plenty of those over the years. I'm sure you know what I mean. Uh, come on, you stags. Let's hope we can get the first three points on the board for this season and on Saturday afternoon and continue our quest towards something good this season. I've been Craig Priestman. Thanks, as always, to the Mansfield Matters panel and to you guys for listening at home. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. Good night. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.